You're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. Let me take you behind the scenes in a course review. Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And today I'm going to take you on a little bit of a behind the scenes tour. So I have a huge thank you today to Kim Dunn, who has allowed me to review her course, Essential Care for Psychologists. And what I loved about this was that she truly understands her target market. Kim, being a psychologist, understands what they're going through, but also by running a large networking group for other local psychologists, she knows a lot of people and she knows what they're going through and how they're feeling and and all those sorts of things. So she truly understands the people that she's working for and that she's building the course for. And you can tell that makes such a difference when you're going through a program that is clearly written for exactly the people that it's intended to reach and intended to help. And that's probably one of the biggest takeaways that I've done as part of this course review and that I would strongly advise to other people is the more you understand the people you're trying to help, the better you can help them. And that is ever so apparent in course material because the more you understand what they're thinking, what they're feeling, where they're going to get stuck, how they're going to process the content, how much time they have in their day to do activities, all of these bits and pieces. The more you understand that, the better you can build a course that's going to help them do those things. And so Kim has done that so, so well. So she has allowed me to share this course review with you and I'm going to share with you some of my insights as I went through. Now, of course, what I want you to know here is that the course is great. And whenever I review a program, whether that be yours or Kim's or someone else's, I'm not looking to rip a course apart. I'm not looking to find great holes. I'm looking at it simply so that we can find those small niggly bits that might prevent your audience from doing the work that you want them to do. Those things that might just take away from the experience, those little bits and pieces that could be easy fixes and easy changes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you some of those, um, but I want to make it very clear that whenever I do a review process for anyone, for, for you or for Kim or for anyone else, that it does not take away from the value of the program. And in most cases, most people I work with their content is great. And it's because they've been in their industry for a long time. They know their subject matter, they know their material, and they know their audience. And it's rarely that I have specific comments about content, possibly too much in some spots and too little in others, but not about the specific content being shared. It's more about the flow, the structure, the framework, and how we can make the experience better. And that's what you'll see here. So specifically with Kim, um, as I went through, there were a couple of bits and pieces that I pulled up about user experience. Obviously, there's the normal spelling, grammar, that sort of thing. And I do... (laughs) please don't go and look at my material when I say this, because I think that we genuinely can't see our own stuff the same way that someone else can. One of the best ways to find spelling errors and grammar issues and those sorts of things in your course content and in your workbook is to give it to a student, because I swear they'll find the thing that you didn't think was there. Um, And so it's the same. I will notice those sorts of things as I go through. And in a course review, I'll pick up some of those and just highlight them so you know where to go back and fix them. One of the other things I did bring up through this as well is to do with video framing. So often when you embed a video into a program, sometimes it brings in with it some of the headings and symbols and and player functions from the place it was embedded from. So in the example with this one, videos are coming in from Vimeo. Vimeo is a really solid video host that can do lots of things for you. But what you do when you embed the video is you can look at some of those settings. So for example, it could show the video title, it could show the author of the video, it could show a thumbnail, um, it could show all sorts of bits and pieces. And what I find 
find when it's inside a course is you want as few distractions as possible. So you're going to go into those Vimeo settings and go into the embed settings and turn off as many things as you can. Turn off headings, turn off bylines, turn off thumbnails, turn off not necessarily player controls, you still want those, but turn off any of the other stuff around the video or things that are embedded with the video that you just don't want. Turn off as many of those as you can. You just don't need them there. One of the other things I did mention as I was going through Kim's course is she's got a wealth of activities. And what I think she's done incredibly well is pick activities that are going to genuinely help the person. None of the activities felt too big. None of them felt overwhelming, but they all made me stop and think. And especially with some of the question prompts she provided, I genuinely stopped and went, oh, great prompt. Good point. Um, It brought up some of my own blocks. It brought up some of my self-excuses and it really made me analyze the things that I had just taken for granted. And so if you can do that with activities, if you can genuinely dig in and make sure that you're asking things that make them stop and think, not just questions for the sake of questions. And I've seen that plenty of times in courses where Um, They've put an assessment at the end of a module or something, and it's just, it's a reflection solely on the content. It's like, what did this quote say? What was the answer to this question? Like, that's fine. But if you want transformation as part of your course, if you want them genuinely to change their habits, their behaviors, their actions, whatever that might be, then you need them to self-reflect and providing prompts that make them do that is incredibly powerful, but also can be quite challenging to to find the right words and to find the right prompts can be quite challenging. And Kim has done that so well. Some of the prompts inside the activities here genuinely made me stop. And there are two or three points in the modules here where I actually reflected back to her and said, this prompt is great. This is what it made me think. This is what it made me do. This is how it worked. And I loved that as part of this. Of course, there were some little formatting things throughout the course, so I will pull up things like gaps, primarily if there's gaps in text that feel too big, or even gaps in audio or video that feel too big. For example, I was watching the video in one screen and I was typing in another screen, and the gap in the video was long enough that it made me come back to the video screen and just go, oh, did it pause? Did it stop? Little things like that are idiosyncrasies that might not seem very big in the process of doing things, and in the long run probably aren't very big, but it can be enough to throw a student out of focus, or it can be enough to make them go, oh, and press pause and stop and then not go back. And what we want to do is try and streamline that user experience to make it as smooth as possible and to take out any of those bits. So when you're going through your program, look for things where you've got gaps in text that are just awkwardly big or slightly uncomfortably big and go through your videos and look for places where there are gaps in audio or gaps in video that are slightly uncomfortable or slightly too big. You'll find that actually gaps can be too big when they're just a second or two, which doesn't sound like very long, but you'll see And if you've ever noticed when you're listening to something, even on the TV, if there's gaps of, say, two to three seconds with no audio, it sounds like it's broken. It sounds like something is wrong. You'll often turn around back to look at the TV to check it's still working. You might pause or restart a video to check that it hasn't broken. And those gaps, although they're only a second or two or two or three seconds long, they can just be that little jarringly too long. And it's worth going back and having a look for. And so that is something I brought up for Kim. Not a big problem in any case, but sometimes there are just those gaps that feel slightly too long. Now, one of the things that Kim has done really well here is added little celebrations. Kim's using the Member Vault platform. And one of the things that they've put in recently is the opportunity to celebrate people. So for example, when I submit answers inside one of the modules, a little pop-up appears on the screen, confetti flies around, and Kim can write a personal note to me to congratulate me on completing that module. Now, it actually happened halfway through the course. I'd press submit on my answers and up pops this little explanation that says, well done, you're halfway. And confetti comes in and I genuinely smile. 
child. It was such a nice moment in the course, especially in courses where students can just get up, filling answers, pressing next, filling answers, pressing next. It's that little bit that breaks the flow and not in a bad way. So when we're talking about gaps in videos, they break the flow in the middle of learning. But this breaks the flow when there was already a natural break anyway. I was moving from module to module and it was great to acknowledge the work that I'd done. It was also nice to know I was halfway. Sometimes things feel big and feel overwhelming. And to know that I was already halfway, that I was half done was a really rewarding moment. Using those celebratory moments and actions as part of her course is really clever and something that you can do in some platforms, even if you don't have the opportunity to use confetti flying on the screen. And that's pretty unique to Member Vault. Not a lot of other course platforms do that. You can use other aspects of gamification and rewards like that to encourage users to keep going and to congratulate them on how far they've come. It might be just a little video. It could be a little image that says congratulations. There are different ways that you can do that as part of your program if you don't have the celebrate function that comes with Member Vault. If you are with Member Vault and you're not already celebrating students, well worth going in and having a look at how those actions work. So one of the other things Kim did really well as part of this course was wrap up in a way that was useful to the students. So not just a well done, you've reached the end of the course, what's next, but she allowed them to stop and reflect. And it's a really important moment to look how far they've come throughout the course. One, it helps them recognize in themselves how far they've come, but it's also kind of good for you because it makes them realize how far the course has brought them. It really helps them to recognize what your course has done for them. And she did that really well. The reflection questions as part of the wrap up module made me stop and think. It specifically asked me to think about what it was like in module one. It specifically asked me to go back and look at test results from things we'd done at the beginning and to analyze the difference between the two. And that moment of stopping and reflecting and looking is valuable to me as a student, but also to her as a course creator, because it allows her to see how the course is working. It was a really good way to use a wrap up as part of a program. So a quick overview of some of the things we came through. Some of the things Kim has done incredibly well is used activities that are actually helpful to her students, understood the needs of her students, broken down her content into reasonably sized modules and asked questions that genuinely make people stop and think. When it comes to user experience, some of the things that she can look at is, of course, those small spelling and grammar things that we always find, but specifically then some of the lengths of gaps and spaces in texts and words, and also the way that videos are embedded and the kind of information that is available on the video and the kind of sort of visual clutter that is included with a video as part of an embed program. Okay, an action step, because you cannot build a course just by listening to me talk about courses or by talking about other people's courses. You actually have to go away and do something. What I hope you've taken away from today is just some of the insights into what I find when I go through a program. As I mentioned at the beginning, I often find that the content, the physical words in the slides and the words in the text are great. You know your stuff. Building a course isn't about you knowing your content because I trust that you already do. What you can focus on is really understanding your audience and that is what Kim did so well. And then you can look at those little things that might impact user experience, those gaps, those pauses, those breaks, the information that doesn't need to be there, that is there. So things that have come in and video files and those sorts of things. By making the process as smooth and as clean as possible and taking away any of those little idiosyncrasies that might get in the way, you're going to make the user experience much quicker, cleaner. And that means often that you'll get a better learning experience out of it as well. We can take away anything that might distract or get in the way and allow them solely to focus on the bits that they do need and reflect upon the things that they've learned. And Kim did that incredibly well as part of her course. A big thank you to Kim for letting me review her program and include it in this season. I'll include all of the links to her program and where you can find out some more information about what she does in the show notes below. Okay, it's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. 
Okay, don't stop them in the street. But please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes. And better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search content into courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.